everyone. Today is January 27th, 2016. I'm your podcast host, client manager, John Niggle of InTouch Manufacturing Services. InTouch is an American-owned company headquartered in Shenzhen, China that specializes in everything from quality control product inspections to factory audits, social compliance, and sourcing. A couple weeks ago, I stumbled across an article uh, from The Independent that covered allegations of slave labor in Nestle's supply chain, uh, specifically slave labor used in harvesting cocoa in Ivory Coast. And it led me to ask the question, is your chocolate made by child slaves? And that is the subject of today's podcast. Patty Rendall, a policy director at Campaign Group at International Baby Food Action Network, was quoted as saying, every time you eat their chocolate, you are benefiting from child slavery. She went on to say, there's very little cocoa production that isn't sourced in a bad way, and it will take a long time to change that due to the nature of large corporations. And although this statement might be heavy-handed, it does have some merit. It came shortly after the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to reject dismissal of a lawsuit against three major food companies. Nestle, Archer Daniels Midland, and Cargill are being sued following allegations that the companies have been importing chocolate made by child slaves in Ivory Coast. The three plaintiffs who brought their case against the companies in 2005 claim they were trafficked from their home in Mali and forced to harvest cocoa beans as children without pay. How did this happen? How prevalent is child slave labor in the chocolate industry? How has Nestle, the world's largest food company by revenue, found itself amid yet another sourcing and social compliance scandal? And how can you know if you're importing or consuming chocolate made by child slaves? Just how bad is child slavery in the chocolate industry? While a certain film from your childhood might have you believing that chocolate is made by cheerful orange dwarves, real chocolate production is no laughing matter. According to a 2012 marketing report by the World Cocoa Foundation, West African countries supply 70% of the world's cocoa. Ghana and Ivory Coast are two of the countries that contribute most to this supply. Oxfam reported that cocoa farmers in Ivory Coast earn less than $2 a day on average, and many will resort to hiring child labor to keep their prices competitive. Let's look at the working conditions of child laborers in Ivory Coast cocoa farms. Most child workers harvesting cocoa in Ivory Coast are just 12 to 16 years old. Reporters and former workers report conditions endured by child workers, including workdays up to 14 hours long, the use of machetes to cut pods from cocoa trees, which is a violation of international law, spraying pods with toxic industrial chemicals without the use of protective clothing, no access to clean water or sanitary bathrooms, cheap meals of bananas and corn paste, confinement to locked rooms to prevent escape, and severe beatings and whippings for those that work too slowly or try to escape. It's also been reported that guards will slice open the feet of any child that tries to escape. The current allegations against Nestle of supplying chocolate made by child slaves may be shocking to some. But the allegations may be less shocking to those aware that this isn't the first time the company's been accused of involvement in unethical practices. The lawsuit against Nestle comes just two months after the company announced, in their own report, findings of slave labor in their seafood supply chain in Thailand. 
and 40 years ago, allegations surfaced over Nestle's heavy marketing of baby formula, a less healthy and more expensive alternative to breast milk to mothers in the third world. Nestle signed the Harkin Ankle Protocol in 2001, a voluntary agreement by major players in the cocoa industry to work towards ending child labor. But just four years later, the case alleging the use of forced child labor was brought to court against Nestle, along with Archer Daniels Midland and Cargill. While the case stalled in appeals court, a bill was introduced to U.S. Congress that would force distributors of cocoa products to add labels, guaranteeing that no child labor was used in production. But in 2010, Nestle successfully blocked that bill from becoming law. A 2014 report by the Fair Labor Association, or FLA, visited 260 cocoa farms used by Nestle in Ivory Coast. A report found 56 workers employed under 18 years of age, of which 27 were under 15 years. Now, some 10 years after the initial lawsuit, the Supreme Court has rejected Nestle's request to have the case thrown out. The plaintiffs in the child labor lawsuit have cited the alien tort statute in their case. They're claiming workers' rights abuses that would violate the Alien Tort Claims Act, Torture Victim Protection Act, U.S. Constitution, and California state law. Activists and campaign groups like the International Baby Food Action Network may be celebrating the Supreme Court's decision not to block the case, but several business groups in the U.S. and Europe, including the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, have come out against the lawsuit. They claim that ending human child labor would threaten corporate human rights. In their amicus brief to the Supreme Court, representatives from these groups wrote, quote, Some judges might genuinely desire that U.S. companies stop doing business with cocoa farmers in Ivory Coast. However, it is not the judiciary's decision to make, and the ATS certainly is not a tool that private parties may wield to dictate foreign policy. It's important to recognize that exercising legal jurisdiction in the U.S. over matters abroad has been the subject of controversy. Still, foreign citizens have been successful in using the Alien Tort Statute, or ATS, to win civil cases concerning human rights violations outside the U.S. But as the statute applies specifically to tort law, it cannot be used to prosecute violators criminally. And even if the plaintiffs win their case, the profits gained by companies that use unpaid or child labor may exceed whatever amount they end up paying in restitution to their victims. At this point, some of you may be wondering if you're importing or consuming chocolate made by child slaves. The good news is, there are some measures you can take to make sure you're owning, consuming, or importing chocolate from ethical sources. How can you find out if the chocolate you're eating is the product of slave or child labor? Organic and fair trade chocolate almost always comes from ethical sources, and cocoa beans that aren't grown in West Africa are typically a safe bet. There are a couple of stamps typically found on products that contain chocolate to indicate that they're fair trade certified or ethically sourced. You can also check a list of verified slave-free chocolate suppliers to learn more. As an importer, investigating your supply chain can be difficult especially if your suppliers are layered with contractors and subcontractors. Nevertheless, you have a responsibility to your retailers, and your reputation as a brand depends on it. Your retailer may refuse to continue distributing your products if they uncover labor rights violations during a formal audit. And the California Transparency and Supply Chains Act specifically addresses human trafficking and forced labor. The best advice is typically to audit your suppliers by means of a social compliance audit. 
Social compliance audits are often based on the internationally recognized SA8000 standard. They can also be based on the standard of specific brands or retailers, such as Apple or Walmart, although these generally share the same or similar requirements. If an audit of your suppliers turns up serious violations, develop a corrective action plan, or CAP, with the supplier to address issues. If you don't see significant changes or cooperation from a supplier, it's recommended that you look for a new supplier that is able and willing to meet your standards. You can see some of the corrective actions Nestle proposed in 2013 and the follow-up findings in the 2014 FLA report that followed. To conclude, businesses have always tried to cut costs in a competitive market, some employing unethical measures in the process. In the case of cocoa harvesters in Ivory Coast, rising demand for a commodity and high competition forced farmers to take drastic measures to stay afloat. So what we got... Hungry consumers and importers alike was chocolate made by child slaves. And although we don't yet know what will be the outcome of the case against the major food giants, we do know forced labor continues to be a problem that draws international attention. Stories of labor violations have led to protests, brand boycotts, and class action lawsuits. One former slave was quoted as saying, When people eat chocolate, they are eating my flesh poignant words. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to today's broadcast and to remind you guys to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. We have some daily updates, expert advice, tips and news for you guys there on the social media channels. You can also check us out on YouTube. We've got some videos there with industry experts and some on-site inspections. And finally, if you'd like to get in contact with us directly, you can drop us a line on our company website, That is www.intouchquality.com. Thank you.